0: Welcome back to Cribs the Corn podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. Ah, this light shines down on me. The golden orbs from the bottom of the ocean are rising up to worship me. The golden orbs? Yeah, there was a new organic creature that they thought was metal. Oh. is gold, bright gold. It looked oh. like a liver after they got it out. Did not know this. Yes, they're, they are my subjects. They're coming to worship me.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: The, or- the ocean pays tribute. Who
1: are you? I am J Clone thirty three today.
0: <laughs> Stop it. Okay, I'm still not up to full health, but I do feel the best I felt in probably two and a half weeks. Yeah. I, probably since before Squankapalooza Palooza. It's because I ate the, I ate like half the jelly last night.
1: Oh, that's so good. But it's the, the first ra- time I
0: was kind of craving anything. It was the, sugar. The raspberry it was very jelly. weird Yeah, so good. It was very weird. Uh, and Chloe gave me a processor for more jelly. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Make, it, make easier it easier. On me. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm Oh, berries.
1: We're gonna have to pick more because we got a lot right yeah, now. I, and... I need
0: more because, anyways, this mystery is monstrous, like monstrous. This mystery is humongous. This mystery uh, could have been a season finale. Ooh, we're uh, going mid-season. Yeah, it, it's not even like it. It's it's a big one. Is it mid-season? It's finale? at least gonna be a two-parter. Is that
1: is that a thing? A mid-season finale?
0: Well, if we were going to take a break in the middle of a season, we would do something like that.
1: No, we're celebrating the middle of the season ending.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not even close to the middle, is it? Oh, yeah. I think we're only at like episode 18 or something like that. Oh, shoot.
1: Quarter season finale. Well, what are we doing? We are going to discuss.
0: A three-letter agency.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: The D.I.A.
1: Well, that's that's not really an agency, is it? Are you sure? I, I didn't think so. I mean, I've been there. I've been there twice.
0: Are you sure it's not an agency?
1: Well, not one of them, I don't think. Mm, What are we doing? The Denver International Airport.
0: Ooh, this is one of the ones I hated doing. Why? First off, because the conspiracy trails go everywhere, but to a point where, like, normally when I'm doing this research, I can kind of like pick and choose, and like, because there's no, like, some of them just have no backing, right? And you're like, okay, well, this is just somebody said something one time and, you know, then it spiraled out of control. Yeah. So we don't need to spend 40 minutes covering this. Following that spiral. This one, all of these conspiracies and weird things have a lot of backing. The construction of the airport even backs itself. Like, it's just the actual airport modernly is feeding into the conspiracy so heavily. Mm, Okay. We're going to talk about it all. Yeah,
1: Why? But okay, I guess we'll talk about it. Yes. Stop y. playing
0: with your microphone, pretty please. Why? Can you hear it? Yes. You can hear this? Yes. What's it sound like? It sounds like a bolt screwing.
1: I'm not screwing nothing. I'm spinning my little hair band right. around
0: it. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm just going to meet you. Do you know what year it was
1: built? Huh? Do you know what year it was built? 1979. Nope. The
0: best year ever. 1995. Oh, okay. Oh, I was way off. The Denver International Airport is one of the largest and busiest airports in the United States, let alone the world. Did you know
1: that? I knew, I knew it was very busy, and I know it's very difficult to get through because all the security and all that, it takes forever.
0: It, it has a very, it has like a tent-like roof. Uh, it's tend to mimic a snow-capped mountain peaks, according to the uh, to the architects. Interesting. It was designed by architects uh Kurt Fintress and James Barburn. Okay. Kurt Fintress. Fartress? Fartress. fortress. Mm-hmm. Okay. The International Terminals, one of the busiest airports, once again, in the United States, has the largest... Empl- this ha- is the crazy fact. What? It is the largest employer in Colorado. Wow. Guess how many people work at the International Airport? Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, 8,642. 35,000 people. Oh, I was way off. 35,000 employees. That's, that's, Not 3,500. No, 1,000. 35,000. That's, uh, that's that's almost the population of Lima, Ohio. I was going to say that's like us times seven. It's located on a 52-square-mile mi- site, 25 miles northeast of the city, which is a very weird thing we'll talk about later.
1: It takes it, it is, what, that it's so far outside of the yes. city? Yes. Yeah, it takes about, what did you say, 45 minutes? 25 minutes. 25 Or
0: 24, 25 miles. Sorry, I don't have the okay, How it, long it takes.
1: It takes about 45 minutes an hour to go from this airport
0: into the city, from well, what I remember. That's one of the biggest fights with its construction, and nobody gave a good answer why it needed to be built there. There. Besides, it was built on top of an abandoned military base. No way. But we'll get to that, probably in part two. Was it really? You'll have to wait to find out. Oh, my gosh. I worked hard on this. Gosh dang it.
1: Yes. You'll wait. It is. The answer is yes.
0: Denver International (laughs) Airport is the largest airport in North America, and it is second largest in the world. It is the second largest airport in the world. I did not look up who the first, so don't ask is.
1: I was about to. Since it opened in 1995,
0: the DIA has become the fifth busiest airport in the United States. As of 2020, though, it's the eighth busiest airport in the world. Okay. With more than 35,000 employees, it is the largest employer in Colorado, and has sparked a building boom of the north, uh, Northeast Metro Denver area. So that's one of the big things. We'll get to this kind of later, but they build it way out of the city. Yeah. And one, if you're not going to go conspiratorially minded, okay, they did that to grow Denver.
1: So it would grow towards the airport. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, cause Denver was growing a different direction and getting, gaining more poverty. So they did this to gain more of a higher end area. How does that work? Huh? How does that work? Because business, so it's low end housing and stuff like that was being built towards like as Denver, Denver was expending. So generally stuff around international airports is higher end. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. so they wanted the airport outside of the city where huh. nothing was being built. So okay. everything around it could be high, high end. end. Uh, okay. But once again, we'll get to that probably in the next three hours. (laughs) Uh, But by expanding access to not only Colorado, but also the entire Rocky Mountain Range, the DIA enhances Denver's sway over its huge uh, winterland area.
1: Huge. Huge.
0: Denver and Colorado have always lied heavily upon transportation, uh, mainly because of the Rocky Mountain region. Uh, Railways originally made Denver a regional hub But in 1890, there was second only to San Francisco in the population among Western cities. So Denver got ahead of the gun very early. Mm -hmm. It was always ahead with transportation. It had one of the biggest transportation hubs of the West for a railroad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through the 20th century, Denver struggled to maintain its position. It started losing ground to cities like Dallas, Houston, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and San Diego. Denver and Colorado uh, actually lost population during the 1980s oil bust. Kansas City, San, uh, San Antonio, Sa- or San, uh, Sacramento, San Jose, and Portland all gained population during this time. Hmm. So this was a heavy turning point for Denver's history. That in the late 1980s, Denver was on the verge of collapse.
1: Okay, from just from economic classes. Okay,
0: uh, and keep in mind for the last hundred years before that, it was a, a boom star. Yeah, it was you know, it was a star among hustling, the bustling,
1: bustling city in the west.
0: At the end of the 1980s, Denver Mayor Franco Penet, the end has a little swiggle over it. Pena. Pena. Daniel Pena. Or, for, or sorry, just Pena. We're Mayor Pena. Okay. The Colorado Governor Ron Moore, or Ron Romer, both announced that transportation, notably a new airport, would be the key to Colorado's recovery and prosperity. Uh, Denver Stapleton International Airport. Has first opened in 1929 as the Denver Municipal Airport. That sounds like the Ada
1: Airport. Yeah, I gonna, okay. So their original airport was in 1929?
0: Yeah, it still was being used in the late 80s. Okay. It had four gravel runways and a windsock.
1: N- nice. Wait, a windsock? What's that?
0: The thing to tell wind direction instead of having all the fancy electronic instruments. Oh, yeah, the windsock still works. So, work. you know, like, for, here's your little fun fact since we're, it's going to already be a really long time. The windsock tells you the wind speed by how many notches of the sock are straight back before it folds over. Ah, wow. Every notch, depending on the windsock, is either two miles, five miles, or ten miles per hour.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Fun little fact there.
0: Fun little fact. It also points the direction the wind's coming from. Right, exactly. The airport was renamed the Stapleton after the mayor, who presided over its development in 1944. So it got renamed in 1944. The airport grew after World War II until it was the world's fifth busiest airport hub in the 1980s. Yet despite commercial expansion, Stapleton struggled to keep up with passenger services. So they had this airport already built mm-hmm. in the city that was doing fine commercially, but passengers just didn't want to use it. I wonder why.
1: Probably because it was old and It had dated. a
0: gravel runway.
1: Or dangerous.
0: Yeah. I wonder why.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that gravel runway provided, you know, a soft, smooth landing. It Did not.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. No, I think it about like driving a gravel runway. Probably it's about like driving down your driveway. Hmm, okay. Imagine landing a Boeing on pretty, your driveway. Pretty bumpy. <laughs> yeah. just, you know the videos, all the wheels falling off planes lately. That's why they have to go into the, the Stapleton Airport. Just
1: don't build things like they used to.
0: Uh, that's probably better for this example. <laughs> a Dallas Fort Worth in 1973 airport was the last major one to be built by the United States, inspiring Denver's grads, or grandiose scheme. After the 1973 opening, the, uh, well once again, I'm just going to go, the Dallas airport, the dallas Worth airport, went from nine to 43rd carriers and soared ahead of the Stapleton to become the world's fourth busiest in terms of passenger service. The dallas Worth region experienced 25% growth during the 1970s, a successful story not lost on Denver which had become a national champion in empty office space in business bankruptcies during the oil crash in the mid-1980s. Okay. So all this is pointing to is that all the other cities in the West were doing amazing. Except Denver. And Denver was crashing. It was struggling. It was the national champion in empty office spaces and buildings. Oh,
1: that's not good. That's not the national championship you want to hold up
0: in the like I just said in the late 1980s it had the most big business bankruptcies of any city in the country uh, not good so this is all pointing that the big new shiny international airport with all the amenities better have a better have be, be a facelift yeah you it know
1: it's better be nice and shiny and sparkly and new it better be it better
0: be well denver was uh envying dallas it got a poke in the backside from salt lake city the Utah capital emerged as a rival to the Delta Airlines acquired Western Airlines in 1986, and it made Salt Lake its Western hub. So this giant airline bought another major airline and picked Salt Lake City as its hub. Ah, uh, okay. So now on both sides, they're getting, getting. massive airports, you know, that are just taken over and the city, you know, airports are highly, highly, you know, a backbone of infrastructure for cities. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that. That's why I'm trying to really run at home like stuff in and out yeah especially being transport a, goods services commercial shipping uh you know even like letters and stuff like that mail service but hmm.
1: even, uh, even them being an international airport is even more like the well, next step up
0: we'll get to the international side of it in right. mind i haven't mentioned international airport yet no not yet that's a you go bigger you go home
1: right exactly
0: but yeah so the salt lake city one was running full page ads in the new york times and other publications in the February of nineteen eighty-six, featuring that a hired executive is arriving late for a, me- or sorry, featuring a hired executive running late for a meeting who says, "Sorry, I'm late, but I had to fly through Denver."
1: Oh, ho, 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 ho. there is. Oh, what is that? Uh, I don't know. So Just not stop only stop them while they're down yeah, or whatever they they're, they're saying. While they're down. Yeah.
0: So the next time he would fly through Salt Lake City. So the mayor was done. Mayor Penier was done. Mm. I'm gonna start calling him Beignet, like the the Louisiana dessert.
1: Mm, sounds good.
0: Uh, so he proposed that the airlines and authorized a two hundred thousand dollars campaign to sing in uh, praise, basically an ad campaign, boosting the Beehive State stung Coloradoans again in eighteen ninety or nineteen eighty seven by creating a new Snow White license plate with a skier and the slogan says Utah, greatest snow on Earth.
1: Oh.
0: So Utah and Colorado are really going Uh, at it.
1: Yeah. I mean, Colorado's known for their mountains and their skiing and their snow. And
0: that was their license plate at the time. So Utah just completely ripped the license plate.
1: (laughs) State, in-state, or not in-state, but state rivalries Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and country rivalries.
0: We're 15 minutes in. I haven't mentioned any really conspiracy because it's just, they understand the history. And this is what we try to do is. Really get you to the backbone of the information yeah. before you get there. because yeah, The a Foundation. Mm-hmm. Utah uh, Stung Competition joined the new airport uh, prop- proponents in Denver. So did Las Vegas long-range strategies and overbuilding its airport to promote economic growth. Uh, the Blue Ribbon Panel of Colorado Businesses and the Civic Leaders found that the in Dallas-Forth Worth and Atlanta, cities where economies, economics were similar to Denver's as regional centers, New airports were a key element to attracting new businesses and higher end clientele. Okay, so they did all these studies and found that new big important airports are what bring an industry draws it in. Yes, yep. for their same kind of for their same kind of economic centers. Gotcha. So they they did they they put studies forth. So they all kind of came to an agreement. You know, this is a panel of about two hundred people.
1: This is what needs to be done mm-hmm. in order to move forward and save this city from struggling. Uh, economic well <laughs> I don't know uh, they're struggling economy
0: so this booster group claimed that Denver either had to grow or wither away that it must replace Stapleton International with a new regional airport or lose business to rivals you know this is a key point this is you know it's time to it's time to go put up or shut up mm-hmm. so they put uh, where to put such a huge new facility was a very hard issue for the city itself so they all agree. So this it's is like very rare in government that we all
1: agree we need oh, this. There's
0: like three or four panels working on this subject,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're all like, "Okay,
1: we need it." They're probably all like owned by the same corporation, though. All the people. The, the fight
0: panel. was where to put
1: it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah.
0: So, once again, they, were, they would put it. Some had hoped to just expand the existing Stapleton International Airport using vacant Rocky Mountain uh, Arsenal, to, uh, the north edge of uh, the existing airport. Others said the site was contaminated and not large enough. Uh, by that, I think they just mean like the thought contaminated.
1: Yes, okay. like you
0: can't dress it up. Yeah, it's, the people are going to view that as that. There's, it's not a new airport. It's you dressed up on a the old pig. one. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, arguments had reached on largely unoccupied farmlands on the northeastern outskirts of Denver, much of the May or much which lay in Adams County. So some opposition. You have any questions so far?
1: No, I'd say it's pretty awesome. Anything I can help you straight with? Straightforward, Baby Bird. and you know we're getting the history down. And a lot of history. You're painting
0: a picture in my mind. Good, because it's just like when I've listened to the Denver Airport on other podcasts, you know, conspiracy stuff. I didn't know any of this. Okay. Like I didn't know nothing. I knew a little bit about the planning fights and stuff like that, but nothing. Like why the airport was built? It was a very new airport when I thought that was weird. Right. Yeah. And now I didn't know why it was a very new airport because they it just Colorado it. was gonna die. Yeah.
1: Color- the whole state was going to die. I mean, Den- I mean, Literally, yeah. Denver's the hub. The I mean-
0: governor and the mayor of Denver are the ones that are the big push of this new airport. Mm, okay. Because Denver is... There's not much in Colorado as far as major cities.
1: You got Denver, Aspen.
0: No, Aspen's not a major city.
1: I just know it from Dumb and Dumber. Oh.
0: You got Denver. Denver,
1: Colorado. And,
0: I think Grand Junction.
1: Aspen's got to be bigger than that, right? No. Grand Junction's the- like
0: the big... The big- Sitting in the middle of the Rockies, so you can get through the Rockies. Oh, okay, it's kind of like your last stop before before you get gas yeah. again. So there was a lot of opposition. Opponents ch- are charged that Denver's new Sky Hub would generate more traffic and automobile pollution by moving the airport 13 miles further away than the core of the city. Mm. So that was a big pushback of saying that you're going to have all this traffic, and all this pollution because you are making people drive so far out of the city. And so far back in, and it's just gonna be lines of cars trying to get to the airport because it's so far away,
1: yeah, but wouldn't it wouldn't be lines of like traffic in the city if the airport was located in the city?
0: You don't have to leave as early,
1: yeah, I guess it's
0: more staggered, I think is what they're getting at. I'm not saying they're right, right, yeah, I'm just saying it would be more staggered when it's like when you know it's not an hour drive to go to the airport, yeah i I, I when guess when it's an hour drive for everybody, yeah. Everybody leaves early and there's lines. Mm, okay. Denver then added they would be the first city to ever scrape a major functioning airport, to ever scrap a major functioning airport. Sorry. They're going to get rid of Stapleton.
1: Oh, no. They're going to scrap the gravel roads?
0: What, <laughs> yeah. are, what are they going to do? is so- <laughs> worried that the new airport would take business, <laughs> conventions, and tourists away from the urban core in the northeast in the eastern suburbs. Uh, the predictions later became true as major hotels and other enterprises opened along the near the Peñes Boulevard, named after the mayor, mayor, uh. in the main road to the DIA. Mm. Critics also argued that both Continental and United, DIA, two major carriers, were functionally tr- or were financially troubled. So the two airport, the two uh, plane companies that back this new one, okay, were not the best plane companies.
1: What was it like? Allegiance. And- it was
0: Continental and United.
1: Okay. Oh.
0: Ooh. and they were in that, in the nineties. They were having some financial troubles. I think they still are. They? Continental even a thing? No, I think I think United bought a, bought a Continental. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, uh, both might shift their hubs from Denver's expensive new facility to other cheaper airports. Initially, Continental United threatened to sue and stop construction, which they claim was unneeded and would force them and their customers to pay exorbitant landing fees. So they weren't really
1: in for it either. Landing fees, yeah. It sounds like they weren't. They didn't want to deal with that uh, new stuff. They wanted
0: the they wanted the gravel road one because <laughs> yeah, it cost it two dollars to land.
1: Ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. It is, they, you wonder why all your stuff comes broken in the mail. Gosh, landing on a gravel road. <laughs> the airlines point out that the two of the five correspondent or uh, concourses at Stapleton were practically empty, as passenger service had declined since 18 or 1986. Critics further charge that the airport would inevitably cost much more than the $1.9 billion estimate.
1: They were right. Billion. $1.9. That was the initial. That's yeah. so much money.
0: Well, We'll talk about how much money later. The figure, they pointed out, did not cover highways, light rails to the airport, airline equipment costs, cleanup costs of the abandoned airport. Denver claimed that it could all sell the Stapleton site for $100 million. Was also challenged. So, questions, comments, concerns about Con- the
1: opposition. Concerns. Uh, they can sell it for a hundred million, and but the new one costs one point nine billion. Yes, I guess it's a little drop out of the hat for them.
0: And the, the one point nine billion estimate, yeah, did not cover it. it did, right? it, it did not have. Uh, well, it didn't have airline equipment cost, cleanup costs of the abandoned airport, light rails on the airways. Uh, or the highways. Right. It's a lot of
1: uh, highways unaccounted not for. No, not at all.
0: <laughs> so $2 billion.
1: Yeah, and that's on the minimum. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more than that, I'm sure. That's insane. Okay.
0: That's crazy.
1: Already, and it's not even you haven't got to the crazy stuff yet.
0: And then the two major airlines that were already using a facility are threatened to sue.
1: Yes. Okay, so it sounds like off to a great start.
0: They don't want the new airport built. Because they just they don't care if their stuff gets there all broken.
1: Well, now this is all making sense. Uh, they had once you see once we get to like the airport after being built and what's all like put on the inside like designed, but who whoever designed it I don't know. I guess you'll
0: have the information later.
1: I guess we'll get to see that these guys uh, didn't really have a chance or say. I'm assuming in that d- construction of the airport, the airlines. I
0: think uh, we'll get to that later. But I think Penier's idea got uh, taken from him and pushed forward. Hijacked? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I can't say hijacked when I'm playing episode. Oh. <laughs> uh. So the yay sayers. Do you want me to talk about some of those? The yay. Yeah. So the yes. The mm-hmm. yes men. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Denver International Airport was approved by Adams County voters in 1988, and by Denver residents in 1989. With considerable cheerleading for businesses and political figures, Adams County citizens had to say the yes to allow the Denver to annex the land. Opposition forces that special uh, opposition forced the special Denver election on the issue. In order, uh, the past promises for transports, Governor Romer declared at 19, in 1989, the airport is the single most important economic decision the state will make in the next 20 years. We had an opportunity to build an airport that will be second to none and will lead Colorado to the next century as a transport hub for the nation and the world. It was right. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, it is second. It is the world's second busiest airport. Busiest. It's second largest as or, well.
1: Okay, okay. But no. it
0: was the biggest for a, while, a short time.
1: I have to look up the largest now.
0: I think it's in UK, mm. if I had to guess. Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration, the FFA, are our good old friends. Have we ever talked about the FFA? Oh, not the, the- FAA. Sorry, the oh, FAA. FAA.
1: That's different than the FFA. Yeah. Future Farmers of America, yeah. or what is it? FAA. What's it stand for?
0: The Federal Aviation Administration. <laughs> yeah. Same same group. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And they agreed with the a pointing out that Stapleton had to both bottleneck and claimed the new facility was necessary to end flight delays and hazardous congestion in the National Airport Network. So the FAA hated Stapleton.
1: Probably because the gravel roads and the windsocks.
0: But they also were a danger to other air traffic. The FAA? Because, no, the Stapleton International Airport in Denver. Okay. Because their planes got out so late, and they were such bad communicators with other airports that there was tra- there was air congestion oh, from them. Oh,
1: I see. Just from them? Yeah. Because they weren't communicating well yeah. enough, I guess? And they
0: were sending planes out so late, because it's like the train schedule. Gotcha. So like trains run on the same rail lines constantly, but it's all about being on time. These guys ride the same, uh, basically imagine, like, the roads in the sky. Gotcha. Okay. So now that this gigantic plane is supposed to leave, it's leaving two hours late, that doesn't just affect them. That affects everybody. everybody.
1: up there going those routes, yeah. And they were
0: very bad about telling the FAA that, okay, now they're going. Like, no, they're in the air. Okay, they're in the air now. Yep. They're yeah. there. Yeah, they're already up there. Yep. So the FAA is like, yeah, we'll prove whatever. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're going to tear that one down. You're right. Update it.
1: At least get some monitor equipment. Let's mm-hmm. try uh concrete runways.
0: Now, they had an old guy in, in the thing just with he was running the that was turning the radar. Yeah. Radar oh, yeah, it by was, hand. By um, yeah. A little crank at the bottom. They were still picking up whales. <laughs> picking up whales? What do you mean? It's that's problems with sonar. It was a joke. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Uh knowing that Denver was the only major US city that seriously uh complained or seriously. Thinking about getting a new large airport, the, FFA, the FAA, in 1989, endorsed the project fully. They approved the final environmental impact statement and contributed or $60 million for the groundbreaking. Wow. So they even put some money towards it. Yeah, that's nice. And they helped um, the environmental impact statement. Uh, and I don't want to skip over. The Adams County voters are the ones that approved Perfect. the annex of right, the
1: land. Right, exactly. So they I mean voted on by the citizens, approved by the citizens. Okay. You got a
0: lot there's a lot of room out in Denver. And it's weird kind of weird the spot they picked. We'll get to that later. It's just odd that you there's a military base in the ground in, in the mountain there.
1: What in the place they picked? Yeah. So oh so it is true.
0: Is it? Or am I just feeding you along? Hmm. Mm. So building with the world's largest airport. Breadcrumbs.
1: Sorry. Breadcrumbs. You're leaving me a trail, okay? To follow. That's all.
0: That's all. <laughs> Building the largest airport, Mayor Pena, the airport planning team promised that in contrast to the uh, hodgepodge of additions at Stapleton, the new airport would be thoroughly planned, cutting-edge solution. The master plan worked out along the Denver-Aurora. Uh, Commerce City and Adams County clarified each community's sphere of interest in surrounding commercial, industrial, recreational, and residential development. That's a big fancy word of saying that the people that were going to build this airport were promising the mayor it's not going to be like Stapleton, and we're going to let everybody know, we're going to think about everybody's needs right. with this airport. Um, the airport area master plan called for converting the nearby Rocky Mountain Arsenal. Rocky Mountain Arsenal? Rocky Mountain Arsenal. What's that? We'll get into it. Okay. The nearby Rocky Mountain Arsenal into a wildlife preserve, allowing travelers to observe gold and bald, golden, and bald, uh, golden and bald eagles, to see bison roam, watch prey dogs dig their holes and then make their villages and see deer and antelope play, while the farmers out continued to uh, lease agreement, and one barn would be left as a tribute to the land's former use. Mm-hmm. There were There was a farm...
1: Let me guess. The skies are not cloudy all day, too.
0: So there was the arsenal, the Rocky Mountain Arsenal. Yeah, is right there. Okay,
1: it's abandoned. What? What was it? Like an old? Uh, we'll come
0: back to it. Barrack or something? It was. A, it was. That's. It has its own conspiracy history. Oh boy. And it was abandoned in the seventies.
1: Oh boy. Okay.
0: And now they're building it right on top of it.
1: Hmm. But
0: they're using it as their. Uh, so basically, their environmental impact statement. They have to put up a wildlife area for every land, like for each acre they're using. Okay. So this thing is like right across from where they're building. Okay. So they're like, well, we're just going to use that land for this, and we'll, you know, we'll make sure it's wildlife, you know, habitat and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Is what a business is supposed to do.
1: Okay. We'll get
0: to it. I'm sure people are sick of me saying that.
1: We'll get to that. Yeah. We finish in the
0: episode. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Denver charged ahead in September of '89. Denver writes. Watched the new or as every news said the groundbreaking in a wheat field and heard a beaming mayor Penier declare the world's largest airport would be open there by May 1993.
1: He yeah. was wrong. I'll just say that do not add up.
0: <laughs> in April of 1999, the city sold 700 and, or 704 million in tax-free municipal revenue bonds to finance the airport's construction.
1: What what year was that? You said the 90 90. April
0: 1990? mm mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, so where was I? Now you might be losing. Throw declining passenger numbers, the Denver area de- depression, and this shakiness of both the Continental United led Moody to assign the bonds as lackluster ratings. So people weren't too fond of the bonds because it was uh, looking like a shaky gamble. Okay. New airport provided an opportunity for uh, some artistic decisions. Unlike the hodgepodge of additions made to Stapleton, not, no thing of beauty. Drawing inspiration from the snow-capped Rockies is kind of what gave it its that, and also the Indian teepees that once occurred at the site. Mm. Curtis and James both designed the terminals to feature te- uh, tef- or Teflon-coated white fiberglass tents that would glow at night in the day atop a man-made mesa. So they were saying that they're trying to incorporate both the beauty in some Native American structures. Okay. And if you look at it, you can kind of see what they were going for. Uh, how much more of that do you want? Do you want all of it, the building stuff?
1: How close are we to the end of the building itself?
0: I got a couple more paragraphs. Let's just
1: let's just finish up. That way we get the full range From, of okay. the building itself. From the
0: terminals, passengers were all connected by three courseways via underground trains. Did you know about this?
1: Underground terrain. Now, I've heard... Do I know? No, I don't know. But I've heard about underground tunnels all throughout the Denver International Airport. So so
0: the original plan was all the terminals, passenger and commercial, were all connected by an underground rail system.
1: And guess what? It's not.
0: Because we'll I've get, been there. We'll get to that later. Uh. <laughs> uh, the courseways led to from five. 1200 foot runways to one 1600 foot runway the longest in the country. That's pretty awesome okay with plenty of room for seven more runways to feature expansions. The computerized baggage system uh, made to, uh, a much toted no uh, uh, I could never say this word novelty, a much toted novelty replaced manuf- or malfunctioned delaying the airport opening by two years. So they had this thing. That was supposed to automate baggage. Okay. With the rail system. Underground. Yes. Okay. They Mm -hmm. built it like four to five stories underground. Deep? Yes. Okay. There are pictures of it. Why? Okay. It's real. They gave up on it after two years of not getting it to work. Not getting what to work? The baggage thing? Yeah. Oh. And so they just... Concrete it all off.
1: Oh, sure. It sounds just like So when we
0: get to conspiracies later, just so everybody's clear, they did build gigantic, and I mean truly gigantic, underground structures, and it didn't work out, so they concreted them off. Mm -hmm. Convenient. I just want to make that very clear. This is the official report, and that is what is officially publicly known. So do you? It's no wonder why conspiracies, whether what's real and what's not real, it's no wonder why conspiracies sprout,
1: right? Because this stuff's actually there yeah. and talked about. It sounds like almost exactly like uh, in California when Elon Musk built them uh, that underground t- tunnel, the boring tunnel, to have the hyper train and Then and then after so many years of hyping it up, hyping it up, all of a sudden, uh, it's not it's not going to work. So we're going to shut it down and close it off. It's okay. So you built this gigantic miles worth longer tunnels, and now it's just, nope, we're closed off. Nothing. You, you can't use it. Can't work.
0: God. So on February 28, 1995, the DIA opened with signature tent-topped roof on the Japanese terminal, named for the, Jap, or the Denver-based air, a, aviation pioneer early Japanese. What? Japanese? The Japanese terminal.
1: That's what it's called. Spell
0: how do you spell Jap J, spell Japanese with an E instead of an A?
1: J E P. Yeah. E N? Yeah. E S E? Yeah. Japanese?
0: Japanese. Okay. The Japanese terminal. Japanese, Japanese. Well, I don't know. Known worldwide for its navigation charts. Hmm. He's the he was that Earls Japanese. That, Weird name. That's his name? Yes. Okay. So he's he was a famous charter for air aviation. Okay. And that's what he, the Japanese terminal was named after.
1: After him, not the Japanese.
0: Not the Japanese, but it's close. Spelled Simo-
1: near about the same.
0: Yeah. Denver's policy of setting, a, or setting aside 1% of any city's project over $1 million for public art meant millions of art scattered through the terminals and courseways. Most spectacular and controversial was the new Mexican artist Luis uh, Geminis. We're going to talk about Lewis later. Okay, Lewis. But his blue Mustang. His anatomically correct. Also, it's also called Blue Cipher.
1: Blue Cipher. Because
0: the blue horse with red glowing eyes. And I
1: was going to say, you're not talking about the Mustang like the car. No. You're talking about an actual horse. With a
0: gigantic, kids, cover your ears, a gigantic penis. It's a statue, right? Yes. Okay, good. But it's highly anatomically correct horse Mm -hmm. or. 32-foot 30, high, ranging, rearing, neon blue horse with glaring red eyes attracted criticism, and most people called it Lucifer or the devil horse. Mm-hmm. The fact that the horse fell on and killed Lewis, the creator, added it to its eeriness, which we're going to talk about later completely. Okay. Because so, so we're-, we're going to go into that story fully. Okay. Finally installed, uh, uh, prominently on the hilltop in 2008, the blue Mustang could be seen for all vehicles approaching to the terminal. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's the first thing that greets you on your way there, basically.
0: Yeah, and it it sees you.
1: It's like the big uh, Las Vegas welcome the welcome the Vegas sign as you're coming in. Mm-hmm. This is the big blue horse saying, <laughs> "I don't know what he's saying, but I'm I'm kind of fearful of his message."
0: So we talked about that it was gonna you know cost one point nine billion dollars. Yes. Do you want to guess how much it actually costs? Well,
1: I'm going to take a guesstimate, since you. I think you kind of mentioned it earlier. I'm going to say about $4 billion.
0: $6 billion. Oh, more. In two and a half years after schedule. Whoa. At so, first, so it depends on which one you read for the schedule thing. Yeah. Because they wanted it to open in, like, 91. And then, okay, okay, that's not possible, so we're going to open in 93. And then they're like, they're like okay, that's not possible, we're going to yeah. open in 95.
1: And then that one made it. It was
0: under construction for six years.
1: So, you know, when you're building all that underground
0: stuff. That's no joke. They even said that. Takes time. And everybody, I highly highly suggest you watch the kind of hearings with the councils and stuff when they were kind of asking why it was taking forever. Nobody says anything.
1: You mean that stuff's still, like, public? Yeah. Really?
0: Nobody says anything. Wow. I want to also thank Thomas J. Knoll. I use most of that stuff from his work. Interesting. He did a nice piece on the history of the Denver International Airport that wasn't very biased, so I picked his.
1: I'm I'm still kind of shocked that that stuff's like public in the public domain still.
0: Hmm. All right, so we're 38 minutes in. Let's take our ad break, and we'll come back when things get weird. Are you ready, Jay?
1: I was born ready. Let's get weird. All right. I'm 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 ready for the weirdness. Okay, so.
0: So I hope that wasn't too much. I know that's 40 minutes of just history. Setting the stage, but. But that's what's all public, documented, agreed upon. And you they could kind of already feel some of the weirdness leaking out. Yeah, I think so. Like, the conspiracy is just under the edge. Like, some of the conspiracies you really got to dig for. Mm-hmm. For the DIA. It's, this one, there's not much it's digging. It's just there. Yeah. And it all starts with that stupid blue horse.
1: That's the kickoff point.
0: Well, we're going to talk about the murals first. Well, okay.
1: Oh, okay. So the painting's inside the old uh, Denver International yes, Airport.
0: Yeah, so did did you understand what I meant by the Denver art thing? What do you mean? Basically, any of these major construction projects or building projects have to spend 1% of their budget on art. Okay.
1: Oh, you mean as far as it all being like themed like the same and not just hodgepodge thrown together?
0: They not even about that. Just okay. that. they have to spend that much. so oh okay, they, yep, had, to gotcha. p- they had to spend one percent of six billion dollars on art.: So as their total budget. As goes- a part of like, uh, as part of like community growth and like community Dang. stuff, like so yes, that's a Colorado law. okay? So the DIA's murals feed conspiracy theorists dramatically. The two murals are the East and the West baggage claims outside of the Great Hall. Each mural is split into two pieces, separated by doorways. Together, they tell a variety of different stories for travelers to interpret while they're waiting for their bags. So, the first kind of one we're going to go into is Peace and Harmony with Nature on the Western Terminal. And that's the name of it. Which is said to symbolize the environmental destruction and environmental healing. It's located on the west side of the baggage claim. Mm-hmm. Have, you know what? Have you seen this one? I've seen them. I, you guys show me which one you're... So the one about. is, like, the side is living with all the nature, yep. and the other one is, like, nature's all dead and stuff like that.
1: And is that the one with the guys wearing, like, the gas mask? No, that's different. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's we'll the one. That. That's one I've seen in person.
0: This is the, This one has all the races of the world portrayed. It has, like, all kinds of animals, everything from whales, turtles, birds, big cats. Okay. Uh, the one shows, like, turtles dying in nets, whales bleeding to death. Like the smog and death and pollution. Other one shows all the animals living in their natural environment in peace and unity. Mm. To me, on the surface, this one's not very creepy. Like I get, it. like looking at it, especially when you see both side side. next to you, yeah. you. get what it's going for. It's like right. kind of showing you that these are your choices. Right. You can live with nature, or you can't.
1: Right. Or you destroy it. And you.
0: And humans don't realize that they're a part of nature mm-hmm. we kind of get this thought as a species that we've evolved out of nature right and no you can't eat money and you can't eat like you everything you need to eat comes from nature right exactly yeah
1: and and the fact that like uh you know we live in nature we kind of just take it for granted as well mm-hmm. like you're just always 100 it, uh, yeah it's it's not like a like, I figure some people just expect, you know, it, it'll clean itself up. It'll be fine. But it's not quite like that.
0: I used, there used to be a quote I said all the time when I was younger that when the last fish dies, when the last tree falls, when the rivers run toxic, man will understand you can't eat money.
1: Hmm. I mean, you can. It's just going to taste funny. It's and, not not, good. and not give you much nutrients. So,
0: there's a. We'll yeah. get into some some of the reasons with peace and harmony and children of the world dream of peace. Uh, here in a minute. But what you have anything thoughts before I tell you a little bit more about peace and harm or peace and harmony with nature?
1: I mean, I'm sure like they they'll sp- it's going to be spun in a way of like uh, with children you know living in peace and nature and harming and stuff like that or like they'll be as children they're promised a utopia they'll grow up in so they'll accept you know the they'll accept the the laws placed before them to, in order to live in this utopia but in reality it's not utopia and mm. it's not peace and harmony it's in their harmony they being the controllers
0: so just from looking at the picture on the death side of it with the forest burning and everything they have a bison head taxidermied on the wall okay they have a great unk and a glass case. So an unk is a bird that we're directly responsible for the extinction of. Oh, okay. Uh, they kind of look like penguins, but they were humongous. Oh, okay. And we ate them all. Bleeding whales, turtles, and gnats. Uh, there's a dead snow leopard and a bird of paradise burning. And uh, on the other side, it shows all the same animals living in harmony, plus some others. But yeah. I'm kind of dancing around it because the next one is the one that Yeah that really one. sparks it's discussion.
1: Conspiracy it's and I've seen it in person.
0: So the second Twice. mural is titled Children of the World Dream of Peace. That's the whole title. No no, no commas, nothing. Which depicts a war versus peace theme. It's previously it was previously located on the eastern side of the baggage claim. Not only are these pieces quite weird, especially for to be used as art in an airport. But both have unusual or unsuspectingly fueled speculations of the Denver International Airport as part of a larger conspiracy centered around a group known as the New World Order. Mm. So what if I told you both of these paintings have heavy New World Order themes?
1: Oh, I believe it, yeah. New 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 world <laughs> New World Order.
0: New World Order back at you again baby girl.
1: And not the wrestling New World Order and not all Kogan. We're talking about the actual people but so, attempting to run the world in a certain way.
0: So some background information. Before we get into the murals themselves, I'll give you a little more information about the what makes the theories come to life. To be clear, like all great conspiracy theories, and this is the artist the Arthur speaking at me, there is plausible and some fact and based in many of these theories surrounding the DIA. The first reason is many of these theories thrown around is the fact that when it was built, Denver had already, a, like a, like we talked about, the fully functioning other airport, the Stapleton. But for some reason, residents were unhappy with the noisy traffic congestion. We already kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Author, you should have done your research. <laughs> but he's an art author. He's what? He's an art author. An art author. Okay. So I get that. He's yeah. not really looking into the political research. He's looking for the picture books. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond the, the airport being unneeded, which itself lays the groundwork for some of these wild conspiracies, is the fact that the airport was also completed two years behind schedule, wildly due to the construction being, f- uh, f- the constructors being fired during the construction. That's something we didn't get into before. Mm. A lot of them were fired. Really? Yeah. Like, a lot of people were just fired, like individual construction groups and stuff like that. It was weird. There was a lot of weird firing. I couldn't find a lot of information on as it. As to why? Yeah. But it's such a large project. That is
1: odd, though. You would think uh, you would want the whole same people in and out from start to finish so you know it, unless there's a reason you unless don't. Unless
0: that's why they were going two years behind is because all these yeah, these big uh, construction groups yeah. were using it to pad their wallets, mm. like, like dilly-dallying and stuff yeah. like that, you know, hiding right. in the construction. Which
1: that could lead to a firing, I would assume. But yes. I, I wonder, too, If what if they just— uh, you know, fire you got new crews in and stuff just to kind of compartmentalize.
0: And like we talked about, grossly over budget. Ew, gross. So the first section is a mural by Tangama. So it's a brightly colored... And we're talking about peace and harmony with with nature. Okay. It's a brightly colored horrific scene of trees burning in the background, animals in glass cages. Uh, like I said, th- those aren't glass cages. Those are like zo- like exhibits at museums. Mm-hmm. Extinct. Girls laying in a coffin young people fleeing the scene while crying some seriously dark and scary stuff to be sure and in the second section of the mural though we see a diverse number of children and animals coming together around a functional plant and this or a futuristic plant i'm sorry the plant is very odd the plant on the painting in the yeah. painting okay the center around it's like Dimensional—it's like a dimensional flower, almost the best way I can describe it. Dimensional flower? Mm-hmm. I don't understand what that. What do you mean by like that? Like it looks like there's flowers on top of flowers on top of flowers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like it's, it's got um, it's what? got all the colors of the rainbow in one flower, but it's like the same flower repeat. It's a very odd like looking f- thing.
1: Fractals of itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. The uh, initial known theme of the environmental destruction versus the environmental healing is easy to see, but many people believe there's more than meets the eye with this famous work. For instance, the first section of the mural, the bird in the middle is a uh, Quetzal bird, a Quetzal bird, which is sometimes used as an allegory for extinction. Mm, okay, so that's that bird of paradise. It's the, it's the, the one Quetzal, you mentioned earlier, yeah. the
1: one that's in the cage. Okay, yeah. okay.
0: One of the main conspiracies surrounding the airport is a mass extinction event that will happen soon, and the D.A. was built as a type of sanctuary for those selected to emerge with the new world, uh, with the new world order. Similarly, on the other side of the mural. The plant that the children are all gathered around can be seen as a symbol for the new world government that everybody will follow once the extinction event is over. Mm. The extinction event is pictured clearly in the other mural, which we'll get to.
1: Yeah, because the other one's scary.
0: So they're saying that that's what's showing. The first thing is showing the extinction event and that bird of paradise, <sighs> the Quetzal bird, is a sign of extinction.
1: I'm afraid to like jump straight into like a cannonball and the conspiracy theories and stuff, but man, so this is the
0: one we're going to end on for today. Yeah. So here in a second, I'll let you go ahead. All right. Uh, and then we'll get into the other ones next week.
1: Okay. Because there's a lot more. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a chock lot. Full. Chock full.
0: So what do you think about this first mural? The 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 two, the two with the, the wildlife and the kids and.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, it it's. Got a nice message. I like it. I enjoy it. But, however, there's a lot of... It seems like there's a lot of stuff hidden within it. It may be a bit more So nefarious. the bird of
0: paradise, the Quetzal bird, is in both paintings. Mm, okay.
1: But the one it's caged up, the other it's
0: not? Yes. Yeah. Which, to me, if we're trying to read, and that's an extinction event portraying itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just odd. Like I don't get that to me. It, it takes a lot, I guess, a big stretch. To what? For me to be there, it's an extinction event, unless uh, like
1: unless they're uh, it's almost like you know with the dead animals and stuff it's like they're blaming us for the extinction. It would be really uh nefarious if it was like a forced extinction, oh I think yeah, which I think may be more of the what's actually happening like it's like it's a forced extinction to kill off things, and then, like you said like they were they were gathering around that flower. Like the one world government, like they mentioned, once people uh what if the whole world is in turmoil, like not just one country, not just two countries going to war with each other, the whole world is like in a suffering state, and you know, people are just dying at massive numbers, um, people, plants, animals, all that stuff. If there is like a thing that comes together that, you know, brings everybody hope, you know, a one world government, you know, that where you're going to be utopia, you're going to be taken care of. I could see where easily will be people will be easily manipulated to fall into it and like agree to it like it's a beautiful little flower that you want to help grow and bloom.
0: I I kind of see it more as like Mother Earth the embodiment. The flower? Yes, as mm-hmm. the planet itself in one piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the fl- but it's just what I see when I'm looking at this. Well, what are the some of the, the things? Once the Earth, because behind if you look at the background, it shows all major biomes in per- better health. Yeah. So then the flower sprouts out of that. Gotcha. Showing that I don't know. That's just what I see from. It. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's a painting. Right. It's it's, just it's very. These paintings are very open to interpretation. Yes. Yeah, very. It's full of symbology and a,
1: a picture says it speaks a thousand words. So it's. Taking your own interpretation of what you're seeing.
0: Ready for the next one? Here's the big one. Mm-hmm. Children of the world dream of peace. The first section of this mural shows a gas-mashed soldier wreaking havoc with a gun and a sword. He mm-hmm. looks There's like also, a
1: Nazi. Like classic 1930s, 40s Nazi.
0: I see it more as a Russian. You see that? Okay. From the same World War II, era Russian. Yeah. They had the big green trench coats and everything. Yeah. Or even uh, in Italian.
1: I just thought of like gas chamber Nazi. You kind could of type see it. Guy. Yeah. I, yeah. Think
0: any, I think that's why it's done that way to be it's ubiquitous what, with what's viewed well, as the bad guy. Well,
1: both of, all th- both of us picked all three uh, axes so, yeah. of World War II. So, I mean, that's, yeah. So you were right.
0: <laughs> so it also shows a caravan of refugees trembling outwards away from him, a hiding child with a teddy bear, a dead child in someone's arms in ruins everywhere. In the second section of this mural, there is the celebration, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, There's also, um, I'll talk about, there's a little piece of paper Mm -hmm. with this in the first painting. Mm -hmm. I'll talk about it in a second. But that's kind of, for the first painting, there's this guy, ruins, refugees trembling, a dead kid, uh, a kid that's about to be cut by the sword, and then a dove of peace flying through the middle. (laughs) Uh, It's very... Especially if this is your first time coming to America. I was going to
1: say, this, yeah, this is an in international, international airport. airport. You, imagine an airport. Like, you imagine
0: Pear, pair if you're listening to this. Flying imagine in. if Pear like, flew into Denver, and he's like, huh. oh, my god. The gosh. stories are right.
1: <laughs> I honestly can't. I wish I had the video of him saying that, because it would be the oh funniest thing ever. gosh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in the second section of the mural, there's a celebration of many young people with the same soldier dead below them. The dove now rests on his body, and the swords are being disassembled by the kid with a hammer. So they're breaking apart all the swords, breaking them into stuff. Mm. The war and peace themes of the mural are quite clear. Yet there are some alternative uh, curiosity idea, uh, curious ideas of what the mural truly symbolizes.
1: Why? Why is it kids? That's the thing. I'm curious. We'll get to that. Yeah,
0: because the kids aren't important. Because kids in both of them, both there's of no them, adults yeah. besides the bad guy.
1: Mm, so yeah, that's like.
0: What, Which, if you want to go. Still doomsday, mm-hmm. but the new world order. No, like is nobody surviving? Mm-hmm. Is the deal? There are some diseases that would leave all the kids alive.
1: Yeah, I could believe that for like sure. Like Sweet Tooth,
0: literally a new show on Netflix came out. It was really good. I enjoyed it.
1: Is that the Twisted Metal
0: show? No, no, that's that. I know that's his name too. Okay, but no, the Sweet Tooth is about all the animals... Like they, we messed with the genomes, we messed with genetics, we messed with powers we didn't understand from the Earth. It's both, like, magic and science. Okay. So all the kids started being born as animal hybrids. It's like alchemy. But all the kids on Earth started being born as animal hybrids. Huh. And all the, there's a disease killing pretty much every adult. It's 100% fatal. Hmm. That's the whole point. Is it, like, the last bits of the old world are fighting to kill all the new world? Yeah. So in that way, if you're looking at it like that, the new world order would be that the kids are going to inherit the Earth Right. But there was going to be still some resistance from the last remnants of the old world.
1: And that what that they're stomping out. Yes. See, I I view it more as I see what you're saying. I, I that's more of a hopeful way to look no, at I'm it. No, I'm
0: saying that, that is yeah. the better that is a positive way. Yes.
1: I see it more as uh like the the soldier whatever he is with the gas mask and the gun going through killing, you know, whether it be sickness or I think all the like white vans could represent, you know, ambulances or just vehicles taking people white vans i thought you said that a caravan a caravan
0: is a group of people traveling
1: sorry sorry i heard it in my head as white vans i'm sorry okay so the caravan okay it's a group group of people people
0: running away from him
1: so all the people running away yeah i'm saying uh they could he could have murdered all the you know the older people the adults leaving the children you know with no place to go now they're all vulnerable to uh being reprogrammed you know and to uh into a new system, into a new world order that they're programmed to accept and think of as normal. And then now they view as that bad guy that kind of set all the stuff into motion for them to be the, do that. Now they can be felt or viewed as the saviors in their own minds for stomping out the old bad guy that created all this to welcome in and accept the new world order that they think they're part of, but you know, it's just reprogramming them to accept it and live in this w- way of life. That is still under control. I don't. That's how kind of my more Let negative way to look at it.
0: Last little couple paragraphs. Okay. So there are also themes of genocide, death, destruction that are clearly recallable by the imagination, which usually go along with the idea that the other mural of the extinction event is about to happen. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that these two murals work is by telling a story. Yet, have told the same stories again, but in reverse order, it would seem a, stra- a, stag- or a staggeringly different message. In peace and harmony with nature, we would see a picture of a society that had already been one with nature and is now recently, are we truly breaking away from being environmentally friendly? mm uh, and And so that's, it's, sorry, sorry, I may have misread that a little bit. We're only recently breaking away from being environmentally friendly. Right, right. So these paintings tell a very distinct story, but depending on which way you read them. Mm-hmm. Which way you're following the mural. Is completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, So one way is that these two murals work. Oh, sorry. I already read that. When it comes to the children of the uh, the world uh, dream of peace being reversed, we are shown that a great evil was previously driven out of society. society is currently working together. However, the second section of the mural shows the evil has come back and society may be destroyed by it. Mm. There are also some seriously whacked out theories and crazy theories associated with the Denver International Airport. Some of those were being aided by the government in, or ineffectivities in the intriguing art that are commissioned. I'm going to try to read the children's letter. Okay. And this is in the painting. Yeah. I was once a little child who longed for other worlds, but I am no more a child for I have known fear. I have learned to hate. How tragic then is youth with lives with enemies with gallon or gallows ropes, yet I still believe I only sleep today that when I'll wake up as a child again and I'll start to laugh and play
1: hmm that seems nefarious That's, yeah. doesn't seem too positive of a note to put out in the ether,
0: so I don't know it's just saying that like and I agree that children of today, if we want to go this way with it, I agree children of today don't have childhood like anymore right yeah and i think our generation was the one where we were starting to go away
1: you know our school only has one recess now and uh you have to earn your second recess can you believe that it's uh
0: that's in our hometown i mean that's why my kids are not going to public school
1: i it's just my mind was I just, or private just,
0: school he's staying here
1: i just found I just it i can't out. teach him how to read oh yeah that's gonna be rough
0: no it's that's the co-ops for
1: oh, okay yeah you, you don't want to be a uh, english teacher
0: no, just like, or okay. a
1: spelling teacher
0: spelling's not that important as long as you can sound it out
1: Right, yeah, true
0: but you'll say stuff like beignet and <laughs> yeah and anyways <laughs> no so I, what do you think about the order? how would you place them? do you think they read correctly?
1: I think they're I think they're um designed in a way to be interpreted both ways so you so you don't know which way it's supposed to go
0: but well, I'm asking you what you think which way they're supposed to go.
1: Uh, that's why I think they're supposed to go both ways. I think, I think uh, the artist, whoever commissioned it or put it, painted it, designed it in a way to be read both ways. So you're, so you really don't know. Like it's confusion in your own mind. It's muddying the waters in a sense.
0: So you think that uh, is it like a choose your own adventure? Yeah, I think so. To where both can. So here's my thing with I believe in governmental karma. Yeah. That the government is doing satanic stuff or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And that they have to, but a part of that magic or a part of that ritual stuff is they have to tell us everything.
1: Right, it has to be disclosed.
0: So is this showing you the options? Mm. Here's the two ways this can go. It's up to you to pick.
1: Right. Yeah. That could be a way to interpret it as well, too.
0: That and because it can, if you read them left to right, they're a completely different story as right to left. Right. Yeah. But you know, traditionally, you read.
1: Left to right. Yeah. So well, yeah. But then other cultures, it's right to, right. to left. Yeah. yeah. Like in Hebrew.
0: Right. It's completely opposite. It's right to left, down to up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's meant to be interpreted both ways. But for that reason, for the reason of, like you said, choose your own adventure. It's like, okay, as the observer, how do you choose to view the story? You know, are, mm-hmm. are you going to view it in a negative sense or in a positive sense? You have the choices. Choices.
0: And the letter's kind of creepy. Very, but but I get it. Let's say it's not nefarious. I get it as far as saying like, kids today don't aren't kids. Yes, but kids
1: shouldn't know that to be writing that letter. Does that make sense? I
0: they know so much more than we do anymore.
1: No, that's true.
0: There's five year olds and six year olds being exposed to stuff. Oh yeah, and like because I don't like I don't swear in front of kids and stuff like that for like 4 H and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And one of the parents is like, I hear's worse stuff at school and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I know, but he doesn't need to hear it from me. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just the stuff they know, like the stuff that's on these kids' sites and they're not kids anymore. No, it's from it's... a young age. So I think to me, I could interpret the letter from that. Mm-hmm. Is knowing fear and knowing pain and knowing mm-hmm. you know, you can watch a guy's head get chopped off on on YouTube. Like it's there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And I think the kid algorithms is it's, it's evil. weird it's yes it's very weird evil i would say yeah i agree with that you leave them unattended i mean i got nephews and just watching him scroll on there it's like that's a lot of like you're flying he's flying through like the little shorts videos you know and you see that it's like oh what's
0: you ever watch bluey new i endorse that one never Out watched all the evil kid shows yeah blue is the only one where i like all the messaging
1: okay now I haven't watched in a quite a long time, kids show. Staple in the bottom of my shoe. Oh, but
0: I don't know. What do you think? So the, you think the letter's bad or good or neutral?
1: I think it's. I think it's bad. I mean, because it's setting a precedent of like uh, kids knowing, knowing like I felt pain, you know, tragedy, fear. Like kids shouldn't have to.
0: But is that a statement saying that? That's what's wrong with the world today. Is we're not protecting our kids. Like mm. this is a letter written by a kid.
1: Or is it right? Exactly. Is it is that the statement like uh, that the kids are aware or they know they're going they're experiencing these things and that's the shame of like
0: right. They is it trying to shame us. Right. Yeah. As adults, as the people that's curating the world, showing you bluntly that you're we're not doing a good enough job for the kids. For the, the kids. World. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I could see that. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. I think so. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, it's just a shameful thing that this kid is so is aware of all these things. That kids shouldn't really have to be exposed to what? or aware of. You, you should yeah.
0: protect your kids. Yes, like, I that's, agree. That's what the only job as of any species
1: is protecting your offspring.
0: offspring. Yes, of, and, and you know, as long as you're not a crab,
1: <laughs> Well, they eat them? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. Uh, this is what crabs do.
0: It's just crabs. It's they just, eat everything. Yeah. Just crab. It's crab mentality.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: But anything else before we kind of close this one off?
1: No, nah, I think this is a good good start. Sets the foundations. We got the— uh, This
0: is not even I know. the top this, 20 of the crazy conspiracies this, we're about to get into in the next part.
1: We're scratching—we just scratched the surface.
0: So when we come back next week, this will be next Monday, because, you know, Wednesdays are a whole different thing. Next Monday's episode, we're going to start back with Blucifer and the story behind Blucifer. All right. I'm excited. Do you know how many people Blucifer's killed? Three. Yes. Really?
1: I knew it was more than one, so I just guessed. All right. So next week, tune back in to hear the three people killed by
0: Lucifer. And we're going to try to just keep it to a two-parter, so next week maybe like an hour and a half.
1: We'll try to speed through a little bit, I but guess.
0: But there's a lot. Yeah. And part of it's the DIA's fault, because like we're going to talk about their signs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, they're adding to it. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, guys. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Crips
0: of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Corn.com. And don't forget, stay magical.